Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on cornerstone connection with pastor gary hamrick the people of israel were forgetting god constantly And Psalm 106 is really about faithfulness and forgetfulness. It's about God's faithfulness and man's forgetfulness. And then the psalmist here throughout this chapter then gives example after example from their history as he reviews Jewish history about just how forgetful the people of God were. And the more he reviews their history, the more of an indictment it becomes against against his own people here. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. When the Lord gets us through troubles, we are the first to thank and promise Him our loyalty. Yet when things remain reasonably good or even stagnantly great, we tend to forget what He's done in our lives. Pastor Gary teaches us that this was a problem for the Israelites too. God blessed them with great miracles, yet after time, they would manage to forget or disregard the great things He had done for them. Make a point to never forget what God has done in your life. Whether times are good or bad, remember God's incredible blessings. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Psalms chapter 106 for part one of today's message titled, Faithfulness, Our Forgetfulness. For this morning, we're going to be looking into Psalm chapter 106. So if you'll take your Bibles And join me at Psalm 106. Now, while you're turning there to Psalm 106, uh, you'll notice, if you've already gotten there, that Psalm 106 has no byline. There's no subtitle to this particular chapter, so we don't know exactly who was inspired to write it. We don't have any background information on uh, on this particular psalm, but that's okay. Uh, 50 out of 150 psalms have no bylines or subtitles, so... Uh, no less than one-third of the book of Psalms falls into this category. No, no subtitle, no byline. So I'm going to read the first 13 verses, and then actually in the course of our study this morning, we're going to do a quick survey through the entire chapter. It's 48 verses long, but I'm only going to start by reading verses 1 through 13. So follow along in your Bibles with me. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord... Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? 
Blessed are they who maintain justice, who constantly do what is right. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned, even as our fathers did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. When our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, to make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and dried it up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. He saved them from the hand of the foe. From the hand of the enemy, he redeemed them. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. And then, he believed, then they believed his promises and sang his praise. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. Well, I heard the story of an 80-year-old couple, husband and wife, who were having trouble rem- remembering things. And so they decided to go to their doctor and be checked out. And he ran some tests and he said, listen, there's nothing to worry about. You guys are, you know, you're now 80 years old, and, and just with age, you're, you're going to forget some things, but it's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. And the doctor said, I would recommend that you carry around a little notebook, and then if you start to forget things, you know, just write things down. That'll help you with your memory. They took the doctor's advice. They left the office. They went home later in the day, and the wife said to her husband as they were just kind of lounging around the house, she said, uh, honey, would you mind getting me a, a bowl of ice cream? He said, yeah, no problem. I was going to head into the kitchen myself anyway. And so as he, he's going into the kitchen and she follows up by saying, could you put some chocolate syrup on it? He said, yes, sure, dear, I'll do that. She said, could you, could you throw on a couple of cherries on top? He said, yes, dear, I'll do that. She says, now you, you better write that down in your little notebook, honey, because you're going to forget what I just said. He said, I, I won't forget what you just said. Well, he's in the kitchen for 20 minutes. 20 minutes later, he comes out. And he hands his wife a plate of scrambled eggs and bacon. (laughs) And she just glares at him. She says, I cannot believe you forgot what I told you. You didn't write this down. He said, what did I forget? She said, my toast. Now, I'm, I'm not picking on older adults. The fact of the matter is that all of us are a little forgetful every now and again. I'll confess to something. How many of you would admit you've taken your clicker on your keychain to try to find where your car is parked? How many of you? Come on. Show your hands. Yeah, it's good to be honest. Sure. But it's pathetic when it's in your driveway. That's what's so, t- <laughs> that's what's so terrible. Uh, but it's not just old. It can be young. You teenagers, you know, we had a wonderful looking senior graduating class up here. I guarantee you teenagers, listen up. You forget to take out the trash every once in a while. (laughs) Forget to make your bed. Forget to do your homework. Yeah, it's called, parents call that selective memory, but you forget. We all forget. And then have you seen on television now, they have this ad for this uh, supplement called Prevagen. Prevagen is supposed to help boost your memory. And so on the TV commercials, have you seen this for Prevagen? Because they talk about how the secret ingredient to Prevagen, to help boost your memory, is an ingredient found in jellyfish. Jellyfish. 
So I, I don't know if the thing is legit or not, but whenever I see something like that, I don't know if your mind works like mine, but sometimes I'll stop and I'll ask, now, who figured that out? <laughs> it helps to boost your memory, an ingredient in jellyfish. Who stumbled upon that? What well, was it, two freshmen from UC Berkeley walking along a, you know, a beach in Southern California? I mean, I picked on... West Virginia University last week, so UC Berkeley today. And so, was it, is that how it happened? A couple of freshmen, UC Berkeley, walking across along a beach in Southern California, and one guy says to another guy, you see that jellyfish there on the beach? Yeah. I bet if you ate that, it would boost your memory. Really? Yeah. No way. Way. How did that happen? But anyway, I don't know if Prevagen works or not, but... We have all these things now to try to boost our memory because young or old, we're all a little forgetful. All that to say, Psalm 106, we see the Israelites have a serious memory problem, at least as it relates to their relationship with God, which is the most serious kind of memory problem. Now, the psalm starts out here in verse 1, if you look back again at verse 1, The psalmist says, praise the Lord. He says, give thanks to the Lord. Notice in verse 1, for he is good and his love endures forever. And then in verse 2, he follows up with this question, who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? What he's saying basically is God is good and his deeds are mighty, But who can fully, adequately express in words about how good God is and how mighty are his deeds? You know, there's some language limitation here. And when you start to comprehend how good God is and how mighty are his deeds, it's difficult. Who can really fully, he says there in in verse 2, who can really fully declare his praise? And then the psalmist adds a little further down in the chapter. He says, He says basically this, not only do we lack the verbal skills to adequately express how good God is and how mighty are his deeds, but he says, I got to be honest with you, what's even worse than that is forgetting how good God is and how mighty are his deeds. And he says, and He says, my generation is just as guilty as my forefather's generation in forgetting how good God is and how mighty are his deeds. Look further in this chapter at verse 6. He takes responsibility in verse 6. He says, we have sinned even as our fathers did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. He says in verse 7, when our fathers were in Egypt... Notice this, they gave no thought to your miracles. Underline that in your Bibles. They gave no thought to your miracles. Underline the next statement. They did not remember your many kindnesses and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. The psalmist here basically is saying worse, worse than lacking the words to express how good God is and how mighty are his deeds is forgetting how good God is and how mighty are his deeds. And he repeats this phrase about forgetting two more times. Look at verse 13. In verse 13 he says, But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. 
In verse 21, he says, they forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt. So let me put all of these statements together so you can see them on one slide, and you can recognize then just at one glance how forgetful the people of God were. Verse 7, the first part of verse 7, he says, they gave no thought to God's miracles. Latter part of verse 7, they did not remember God's many kindnesses. Then in verse 13, we just read, they soon forgot what God had done. And in verse 21, says that they forgot the God who saved them. Talk about forgetfulness. I mean, the people of Israel were forgetting God constantly. And Psalm 106 is really about faithfulness and forgetfulness. It's about God's faithfulness and man's forgetfulness. And then the psalmist here throughout this chapter then gives example after example from their history as he reviews Jewish history about just how forgetful the people of God were. And the more he reviews their history, the more of an indictment it becomes against, against his own people here. Now, he doesn't review their history in chronological order. He, he skips around a little bit. But most of the history that the psalmist reviews here in chapter 106 is the time period of the 40 years of wilderness wanderings between when the Israelites were set free as slaves from Egypt on their way to the promised land of Israel. Now, it took them 40 years. It shouldn't have. If you do the math, it should have taken them 13 days in a direct route along the coast of the Mediterranean from Egypt to Israel. But it turned out to be 40 years because of their forgetfulness, because of their rebellion, not that they forgot, like, Directions, but because of their disobedience and because of the rebellion against God, they, in that sense, forgot him. And because of their sin, God then judged them by saying, you're going to wander in this wilderness for 40 years until this generation dies, and I'll take the next generation into the land. Because they, they didn't believe God. They didn't trust God. And so in the Sinai Peninsula would lie millions of bodies of the Israelites because of their rebellion against God. So, in general, what we're going to see here in Psalm 106 is that the psalmist says that the Israelites were guilty because they were discontent, dissatisfied, and disobedient. And all those things are a form of forgetfulness. When you're discontent with your situation, you forget God. When you're dissatisfied with what you have or where you are, it's forgetting God. When you are disobedient towards him, it's forgetting God. And so the psalmist is going to develop this as we look through chapter 106, and we see how these are all forms of forgetting God. Now, I'm not going to address every example that he gives, but I'm going to pull out a few here so we can get the picture of just exactly what went wrong. The first thing I want you to notice with me is verses 13 through 15 in this chapter. Verse 13, he gives an example about the whole manna and meat in the wilderness. Verse 13, he says, But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert they gave in to their craving. In the wasteland they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease upon them. Now here's what we know. We know that... The number of the counting men who left Egypt numbered 600,000. When you multiply women and children, the number of the Jews who left slavery in Egypt was around 2 million. 
Two million people wandering through the Sinai Peninsula need food and water. So God miraculously, graciously, providentially provided for them. And he provided for them by bringing along the surface of the ground each morning something that in Hebrew is called manna. Now manna in Hebrew just translates what is it? That's what the word means. What is it? There was no name for this because this substance that God had provided had never been seen before. But it is described in the Bible as something flaky, something sweet, something bread-like. In fact, in Psalm 78, it describes manna as the bread of angels. And every morning, the people would get up and gather enough just for that day. They were never to take more than just that day. If they did, it would spoil. Maggots would invade it. And it would be inedible. They were only to take enough for that day because God was teaching them, you rely on me every day. You rely on me every day. So this manna was provided from heaven, this sweet kind of flaky thing, and the people began to complain. They were discontent. Like, we want a little bit more than this manna stuff. We've done everything we can. We've made manna splits, manna cotti, manwiches. We're kind of tired of all of this. Do you have something else? They basically said to God, besides Krispy Kreme, we want Chick-fil-A. That's what they basically say. And so God says, you want Chick-fil-A? I'll give you Chick-fil-A. You're tired of the uh, the Krispy? I'll give you Chick-fil-A. And he gave them so much Chick-fil-A that chicken nuggets were coming out their nostrils. Now, the Bible actually says it was quail, but I think the Message Bible says Chick-fil-A. Anyway, this is what God gave them. They were complaining and grumbling. They were discontent. They didn't like God's provision. Can you imagine this? God is providing for you miraculously, and you're like, it's not good enough. I want a little bit more. Can we have some meat to go along with this? And so God does rain down quail, the Bible says, as deep as up to their knees in the camp. They had so much figuratively it says it was coming out their nostrils but what it just means is they had more than enough and they were basically were overwhelmed by what God did and God did it in a big way to basically show them you know stop your whining stop your belly aching I can do whatever I want here's more than you even want and they frustrated God they angered him because of their discontentment and discontentment is a form of forgetting God and so that's one of the things that the, uh, that the psalmist points out. Notice at the end of verse 15, it says, but God sent a wasting disease upon them. It's interesting if you have a King James Bible, it translates the Hebrew a little bit differently. King James says that he sent leanness into their soul. He sent leanness into their soul. It's a picture of this. They may have been physically satisfied. Their appetite was quenched but they were still left empty in their soul. Because when you forget God, you might have all the other things that the world offers. But if you forget God, you will feel an emptiness of your soul that only he can satisfy. Another thing that the psalmist points out further down, verse 19, is the situation with the golden calf. Verse 19 says, At Horeb they made a calf and worshipped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glory for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. So this is the scene of the golden calf. Many of you are probably familiar with this story. This is when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments from God and When he went up to Mount Sinai, he left his brother Aaron in charge. 
And Aaron didn't give the best leadership to the people of God because the Bible says that when Moses was a long time in coming down from the mountain, the people grew impatient and they went to Aaron, the guy in charge, said, Aaron, we don't know where Mo is and we're a little little tired of waiting for him and we really want to worship something. So why don't you put together something for us so we can worship? And Aaron being the spiritual leader that he was, said, why don't you take off all your gold bling, throw it into a pot, and I'll melt it down and fashion an idol. What? They just left Egypt, the place of idolatry, and they're now going to do what? And so, yeah, the Bible says that Aaron took all their gold, melted it down, fashioned together a bull. The Bible says he took a tool and actually fashioned it. Okay, keep that in mind. Makes this bull. Where did he get this idea? They got the idea because it was a carryover from Egypt. The Egyptians, among many gods, worshipped the bull god Apis. And so they're thinking to themselves, we, we, we have nothing to worship, so let's just worship this bull idol. Okay, now, friends, listen. This is indicative of the human heart. Every human being has an innate need to worship. The question becomes who or what you will worship. All of us have an innate need to pay worth to something greater than ourselves. Now, hopefully, when you understand who God is and when you accept Christ as your Savior, then you ascribe worth unto God, worth unto God, worship. The etymology of that word is ascribing worth-ship to God. The people here so desperate to worship, but yet were unfamiliar with who God is at this point and how to worship him, end up stooping to a level of idolatry and worshiping a golden calf. Now, Moses gets wind of this because God tells Moses on Mount Sinai, and it's very interesting in the language of the Bible because God basically uses language to show he wants nothing to do with the Israelites because he says to Moses, you better get down off the mountain, your people, he says, not my people. He says, your people are engaging in idolatry and revelry. Moses goes down off Mount Sinai. He sees Aaron. He's like, bro, dude, yo, what in the world are you doing? And Aaron... Aaron says this. I'm not making it up. It's Exodus 32. He says, Moses, don't look at me, man. They threw a bunch of gold together in the fire, and out came this calf. I'm just telling you. And Moses says, that's a bunch of bull. And uh, <laughs> come on, it's a little idolatry humor, friends. Get with it. And so, and so out comes this. He fashioned it with a tool, the Bible says. It didn't just crawl out of the fire. All right? But the people engaged in idolatry. How quickly they had forgotten the God who parted the Red Sea. Now, do you ever do this when you read your Bibles? I'm guilty of this, and I'll admit it. Do you ever read your Bibles, and you look at silly, stupid things that some people do, and you think to yourself, I'd never do that. I know that's pride, but have you ever done that? Have you ever, the same people who try to find your car with your clicker, I know you've done that, as I have. And you've looked at a story like this, and I would think to myself, I've read, you know, I would like to think that if God threw back the Red Sea so that I could walk over on dry ground, that would just make a little impression. And then when I got to the other side, I'd actually realized, man, we serve a big God. This is incredible. Look at this, a wall of water to the right and a wall of water to the left. And I'm walking through on dry ground. God is good. That whole plague thing, that was pretty awesome too. So that when you get to the other side, you'd be like, okay, yeah, the God who parted the Red Sea, let's worship him. Why in the world did they stoop to this level? Do they really think Moo God did all that? But we can be guilty too. Because 
I know in my life there have been times that God showed up in amazing ways. And then I encountered some other crisis and wondered if God would still show up the way he did the last time. Why, why don't I remember what he did before so that it would boost my faith for the next time? Because we all tend to forget. The people were guilty of forgetting God and then they fell into revelry and idolatry and immorality and disobedience is a form of forgetting God. We're so glad you joined us for Pastor Gary's message today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching in the book of Psalms and that God is whispering the words of comfort and strength to your heart. If you'd like to learn more about Cornerstone Connection, visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you can hear all of Pastor Gary's messages through this book, as well as the entire Bible. Be sure to check out the companion resources while you're there, found under the Teachings tab. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about how God is working in your life. Feel free to join the conversation on our Facebook page or check out what's going on at Cornerstone Connection on Twitter or Instagram. We're here to chat with you in person too, so give us a call at 703-771-1500. Let us know how we can be praying for you That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Pastor Gary will have much more to share from his verse-by-verse study through Psalms when you join us again, right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know 